For the ones who work hard to ensure their crew can always go the extra mile. And the ones who get in early so everyone can go home on time. There's Granger, Offering professional-grade supplies backed by product experts so you can quickly and easily find what you need. Plus, you can count on access to a committed team ready to go the extra mile for you. Call, clickgranger.com or just stop by. Granger For the ones who get it done. What's going on, Bird Gang? This is Darren Sproles here. I just want to thank you all for tuning in to Eagles Brawl of the Brawl Network. Don't forget to subscribe to the show and leave a five-star rating. Fly, Eagles, fly. This is a Brawl Network production. You're listening to the Eagles Brawl Podcast. E-A-T-L-E-S, Eagles! Here to take you on the road to victory. It's Connor Miles, Ed Cross, Johnny Page, and Tyler Steege. What's going on, everybody? Welcome to Eagles Brawl of the Brawl Network. However, you're listening right now, you're either on Twitch, Periscope, Facebook Live, or YouTube, and we greatly appreciate it. Co-host Connor Miles here with the host of Philly Sports with Giovanni, Giovanni Hamilton, as always, and then our Eagles Brawl insider, Ed Cross. Guys, it's been a while. I feel like I don't even know how to do this stuff anymore. I was trying to, like, you know, let everybody relax during the bye week because we all like to relax and there was really not much going on, but now... The bye week's over. We're getting ready to face New York this weekend. Uh, coming off of a really awful Carson Wentz performance, it's leaving a bad taste in our mouth. But the good news is, guys, Miles Sanders is back. That is huge for this team. We're talking about not only the Eagles' best running back by far, the guy who they entrust to lead the rushing attack. We're talking about their best vertical threat from last season is returning to the team. A lot more possibilities for this offense. A lot more possibilities for Carson Wentz to appear to win this established run game with a guy they actually really trust to get the ball to. How are you feeling about the return of Sanders, guys? I'm excited. I'm ready. Um, as as we've seen in the past few weeks without him, we're definitely we're not doing the best, but Boston Scott has been doing pretty well. And I think that Doug Peterson, uh, he sees that now, and I think that he needs to use them uh, equally and uh, maybe use some 21 personnel because uh, I think Doug can execute it perfectly. Yeah, it's a great I point. I yeah, I did not expect to start the show off with Giovanni talking about 21 personnel, folks. That kid pays attention. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I, I, you know, I'm not sure he's going to do it. Uh, if they have been consistent all year with saying, you know, we're just going to use miles and we're going to run miles. So I'm thinking they're going to run miles and they're going to play miles a lot. Um, but the team is 2-0 and with Boston Scott as the running back, you know. Um, he's a noted giant killer, as we all know. He plays his best games in his short career against New York and uh, he's probably going to have to figure out a way to do more with less uh, as far as his uh, touches go this weekend. But uh, it's good to have Sanders back. He's missed the last two games. And you hope now that he can stay healthy for these final eight games. It's something he hasn't been able to do. And, you know, maybe the Eagles will see that and decide, yeah, we'll, we'll go with Giovanni's plan and we'll uh, get Boston Scott a little bit more involved and we'll limit Miles' touches a little bit. 
uh, and try to keep him healthy. I think that would be the smart move for sure. Uh, Eagles offensive coordinator Giovanni Hamilton. That has a nice ring to it. Yeah. Maybe we should think about that. First, uh, I got a question. Is this, this could be Carson Wentz's first no turnover game this week? Uh, I mean, with Miles Sanders back, I, I agree with you, Ed. I don't know if, I mean, again, this team was cradling Miles Sanders coming out of his training camp injury. I can only imagine how they do, how they treat him with uh, coming back from this injury. And then what you did allude to, Boston Scott really going off against the Giants. I think it will be his first non turnover week. I think they're just going to simplify the playbook. I think the, what we left this show off with, uh, Casey, we haven't recorded since Thursday. It's insane. Uh, we left off with saying, you know, you need to simplify the offense. You need to dub it down. You need to make it as simple as you can as for Carson Wentz because he's struggling right now. I I think he probably throws it less than 25 times against the Giants. I think they will stum it down. I think they'll get Miles Sanders involved as best as they can. I think Boston Scott will continue to – I think they'll just trust Boston Scott. I think you're right. I, I think this is a team they know that he's good against, uh, even – with the new defensive coordinator, Patrick Graham, who's come in there and done a phenomenal job with that unit. Boston Scott still fared well against that New York defense the last time his two teams uh, two teams met, met up. I continue to uh, hammer the run, do some dump off passes, do some short stuff with Carson Wentz, see where Dallas Goddard's at, how he's doing. And I, I, I played smart. I think Carson Wentz will have his first non turnover week. Uh, I don't want to say no turnover. I want to say no interception. There's always that fumble that could be in there. I'm not going to lie. So I don't want to say no turnover. I don't want to be bold like that, but I will say there won't be an interception this week. Yeah, I, I don't know. I, you know, I would like to think that that's going to be the game plan, but, um, you know, we, we haven't talked to Doug. We'll talk to Doug on Wednesday, first time in over a week. Last time we talked was Monday after they beat the Cowboys. Um, but, you know, we had Press Taylor uh, on a Zoom call today, and, he, you know, it sounded like it's just going to be more of the same. You know, they're going to keep being aggressive with Carson Wentz. That doesn't sound like it's going to change. They're going to continue to take their deep shots down the field, and now they have Jalen Rager back to kind of be that guy to uh, take those shots with. Um, so I'm, I'm really not sure this offense is going to be dumbed down at all. I think it's going to be maybe we'll see a little more Boston Scott uh, mix in with Miles, but I, I think they're just going to have Carson do what Carson's doing and just have him try to play his way out of this, which I don't really agree with that. I think they need to help him, uh, you know, in terms of their play calling, but it sounds to me like it's just going to be business as usual with Carson, roll him out a little bit, have him throw deep, uh, hand the ball off, maybe run some, you know, stuff in the flat, some screens, but it doesn't sound like a whole lot's going to change. Yeah, I don't. I don't think there's going to be uh, an interception, but I I do think that there will be that that one unlucky uh, fumble just because the O line collapses at least once in a game. All right. Well, yeah, he's been sacked thirty-two times, so that's the most in the league. You hope that you know he can tuck the ball the way if he gets hit, but you hope he doesn't get a, one of those deflated interceptions too, where it's batted at the line. You know, he's had a few of those uh, more than I can remember in recent weeks that have been batted at the line of scrimmage. And you hope, you know, he doesn't have a fluky pick or a, a fumble when he gets sacked because inevitably he will get sacked. He's been sacked 32 times. Now, Giovanni, you mentioned the O line. They're going to, looks like they'll probably be mostly healthy with Lane Johnson having the extra uh, time off and, 
he'll be back at right tackle. And uh, Jason Peters, even though he kind of limped through most of uh, that game against Dallas, you hope two weeks off have done him well. And um, Isaac Ciamalu, he might even get in the game again. You know, he, he's been activated into that 21-day practice window. So who knows, you know, how close he is ready to return with that knee injury. So if they get him back and they have Nate Herbig, you can flop him back over to – uh, right guard with Lane Johnson, and now you have your whole complement of offensive line, more or less, and that's what you hope. You know they can build on that and keep Carson kind of upright. And Carson has to get rid of the ball too. We all know that he holds the ball too long at times, but maybe he comes out of the break and uh, you know has this epiphany and realizes, hey, I hold the ball too long. I need to start throwing it away a little bit earlier than I have been. Interesting that we're talking about this now, so might as well segue into just this topic specifically. Donovan McNabb, usually who comes out and wants everybody to know that he's the best quarterback in franchise history, he's the guy, uh, he he seemed to take Carson Wentz's defense and said, hey, you know, the guy's just playing too much into his head. He's trying to make too many plays happen at once. That's what his struggles are, and I, I, I think he's right. I mean, all the sentiments that he echoed, I thought were absolutely correct. I think from a quarterback who's been erratic in his time during the league, who gets in his head, who plays bad when he gets in his head. I think he saw a glimpse of himself, maybe, perhaps, uh, from Carson Wentz, and he diagnosed it perfectly well. I, what did you think about that, Ed? What did you think about Donovan Nab's comments? Yeah, I, I think you're right. I mean, it does look like Carson's tried to do too much, and can you blame him? I, you know, I look at the evolving cast he's had, you know, from the last year and a half, so – you know, he is trying to do too much. He sees a bunch of young guys around and he wants to do as much as he can to be successful. And maybe that's to the detriment of the team. Um, look at Donovan's cast. I mean, he didn't really have a whole lot around him um, until he got T.O. And then Terrell Owens helped take him to the Super Bowl in the 04 season. Um, but, you know, he played with a lot of guys that were just kind of mediocre pass catchers. And kind of elevated their play, but he probably tried too hard at times too. So he kind of knows what he's talking about. Giovanni, I don't know if you remember Donovan McNabb. You're, you're 13, so he his last year in Philadelphia was 2009. You would have been, what, maybe three years old? Or, yeah. 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 Um, you, didn't miss much that, you didn't miss much that last season either. <laughs> that last season he was in Philly. I mean, they went to the playoffs, but it was that team was rough. They got they lost three games that year to Dallas. Yeah. 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 Yep, that was not a fun period to live through as an Eagles fan, losing three times to Dallas. That's why, you know, they beat the Cowboys 23-9. Giovanni, I know you were there. It was pretty exciting, um, even though that first half was, you know, probably hard to watch. But uh, they won the game, and, you know, I don't – I mean, it was a good win. They beat the Cowboys. I mean, I'm not, there's no apologizing for that win. And then Dallas comes out Sunday, and they almost beat the Steelers. So, uh, you know, look – Quarterback play. The quarterback play was significantly better. Yeah, everybody expected a blowout, Eagles, Cowboys, but uh, it's not the way it works a lot of times. You know, you got to really fight hard to win in the NFL uh, most Sundays. I was going to segue into the, uh, one of these topics, too, since we were addressing the O-line. Uh, this guy asks, is there any chance we go back to Mulata left tackle, even if Jason Peters is healthy? And he puts it in quotation marks, which I love because it's the truth. I I was going to say uh, my topic for the show is I, I thought – I mean – I think Jason Peters, long-standing with the team, his reputation with the organization, how everybody on this org- in this organization looks up to Jason Peters is the reason why he's starting left tackle. I-, I think no matter what, he would find his way into the starting lineup. I was interested to see, though, if 
they would consider putting him at guard where they originally signed him and keep him a lot out there at left tackle. But with Sayamalu on the mend, Herbig looking like the, one of the future starters at guard, maybe that goes into the decision, Ed. But I, why is this team so quick to put the reins on Jordan Malata? Well, it's because, like you said, there's a lot of respect for Peters in that locker room and in that front office. And, you know, he's the guy that's been doing it for 11 years now in Philadelphia. And uh, I don't see them moving him back to guard just because, you know, he kind of hasn't played guard since the summer. uh, And he never had played guard in his whole life until then. So, you know, I think they're happy with Herbig. They'd love to get Siamalu back and put him next to Peters at left guard uh, and have Nate Herbig slide over to the right side. But, yeah, I don't. You know, I, I'm not sure they're – they like Malata for sure. I mean, malata has been giving them more than they probably expected. But I just think Peters is, uh, you know, when healthy, that's a great way to put it. He put healthy in quotes, that question. And, you know, who knows how healthy Jason will be on Sunday. Like I said, he really did a lot of limping, was slow to get up against Dallas. I thought he was going to come out, and then what do you have? I mean, I, I give Peters a lot of credit uh, for really playing through some issues there to stay in that game. Um, but now they have Lane back, so they'll have Jordan Mulata available if Peters limps off or he gets up slowly. You know, maybe you put Mulata out there for a couple series and give Jason a blow and then bring him back out. You know, maybe you kind of rotate uh, Mulata in and out of there just to give Jason a break. But uh, they're not going to go away from Peters at this point. Eight games left, last probably last eight games of Peters' career. I just don't see them parking him on the bench in favor of Mulata. Yeah, I don't see it either. I think just because it's longstanding with the team. I just love – we all love what we saw from Jordan Mulata. That's a good thing, though. It's a yeah. good thing that – it's not just one person asking this question. We we routinely have this show, and we routinely find ourselves talking about Jordan Mulata because the comment section brings him up. So it's a glad that we're almost all in agreement that Jordan Mulata might be the future left tackle of this team. I know Andre Dillard's still in the building, but uh, we weren't as sold on Andre Dillard as we all seem to be. On Jordan Mulata, I think that's huge. But moving on, Alshon Jeffries, an Eagles guy. Guys, he's an Eagle. He's going to be here. He's going to play with this team. Ian Rappaport's reporting he may be back this Sunday. Who knows? Uh, but it's going to be sooner rather than later now, it looks like at this point. What should our expectations be for Alshon realistically for the rest of the season? Because I'm thinking just a red zone package, if that. Uh, what J.D.R. Sega Whiteside is doing now, give him those snaps. Keep rocking with Travis Slogan. Keep rocking with Jalen Rager. Keep rocking with Greg Ward and even John Hightower, for God's sakes. I just give uh, Alshon Jeffrey a JGRC a white side package. Tell him to go in the red zone and do what he does best. And if you can help during the game when some guys need a breather, that's great. But other than that, you're, like Giovanni says himself perfectly, dead weight. <laughs> yeah, um, I think that Alshon Jeffrey, uh, I think that He's made it perfectly known that he's basically given up on this team. I mean, I don't, I don't think that they're going to use him much. Um, I really think that they're going to use him like Deshaun Jackson, just use him for a couple of plays and then take him out. Good point. Yeah. Um, you know, it probably depends on his health and, you know, how his foot holds up and his calf. He's got the calf injury. I mean, it was reported that he's going to be a, a full go at practice this week. So you almost try to get something from your money. You're paying him a lot of money this year. So you may as well try and get something out of him. And um, I think you're right, Giovanni. I think you'll have a limited number of snaps. I think Orsega Whiteside played five snaps against Dallas. 
Uh, I think Hightower was in for 10. So clearly uh, this wide receiver core is being defined with Jalen Rager, uh, Greg Ward, and Travis Fulgham. Uh, I really think that's the way they'll go. So I think Jeffrey would probably get more than five snaps. Connor, you're right. I think at red zone packages are good for him. I like the quick slants to Jeffrey. For some reason, he's very effective because he has that big body and he can create leverage between a, a cornerback who might be, you know, uh, pressing or off the line a little bit. I think he's good in that role. I think you might see him do that, but he's not a go deep guy. Um, but he's a good slant guy, a good out pattern guy, and a good guy in the red zone. And the Eagles are going to try to get their $15 million that they're paying them out of him over these last eight games. It's interesting to see. I, I would assume if you have Alshon Jeffrey active on, on game day, I guess you would inactive Quez Watkins, but at the same time, J.J. Arcega-Whiteside and him are the exact same wide receiver. I would rather keep Watkins' skill set active and make J.J. Arcega-Whiteside inactive. But again, that's that's saying something. Now, this team did, and Doug Peterson himself, did make Nelson Aguilar inactive his second year in the league when he was struggling uh, during his sophomore season. I think J.J. has deserved the same type of... uh, treatment so i would make him inactive preferably and keep Watkins active but i would i it's would be interested to see if alshon jeffrey can go which wide receiver does not yeah well quez has been inactive the last couple games so certainly he would be inactive again i would think um and then um you wonder who would be inactive would it be jj or would it be hightower uh tough call i mean hightower and and, and jeffrey are supposed to be the same kind of receiver, that big-bodied re- receiver. Hightower would give them another deep option with Rager. Um, so they could uh, could inactivate Rager. I mean, J.J. Uh, or Sega Whiteside. I mean, they would have five receivers if Jeffrey's back, right, with Ward, Fulgham, um, Rager, uh, Jeffrey, and then Hightower or J.J. or Sega Whiteside. day the rest of the year if, Jeffrey's healthy for the rest of the uh, for the rest of the year. That's a shame that we don't really expect our changes to happen on offense when they come back from this bye week. You would think they would, uh, and I, I don't want to say get more creative per se, but I would just want to say, I mean, you get a lot of guys back from injury, so that helps. Uh, that's the that's the biggest thing, getting all these guys back from injury, and then. I, I don't know. I, I find some kind of way to dumb down this offense. I find something that they could possibly do to make it easier for Carson Wentz and company because I don't think a bye week is just going to get him out of these struggles. Maybe get him a chance to refocus, but I don't think it's going to get him fully out of these struggles. This offense is still going to be the same. I would hope they would do something to at least simplify it in some shape or form instead of letting all these cooks in the kitchen, as we like have been saying on this show, uh, just throw these plays out there and hope they work. Yeah. Um, you know, listen, I think they hope that Carson Wentz's comfort level increases when they come out of this five because he does have weapons. And now maybe his mindset, his mindset would be different knowing that he doesn't have to do everything to win the game. You know, he just has to stay within the confines of the offense. Um, 
And, uh, Dakota's always hitting with the funny comments. He, he, he brings a good thing to the show here when we can just like put Dakota's comments up on the screen. The funny jokes he make. He he's like uh, slot god, slot fraud, and now he's got Alshon should be used primarily as Carson's water uh, bottle holder. We love it, man. Dakota, you're the best, man. <laughs> yeah, well, that's a lot of money to pay a water holder, water bottle holder, fifteen million. So he can he can do that, and maybe he can run him out there for ten plays and see if he can catch a couple of balls. Simplifying the offense seems like the best option we did with Foles and worked out well. Yes, go to what Carson wants does best. Roll with his best plays. Get him outside the pocket. Something, man. Hurry up! Offense worked well the past few weeks when when they used it. Do they do that? Do they go that route after the bye? I think you have to. I think you have to continue to roll that route. Helps Carson Wentz out a lot. Yeah, they they go tempo throughout the game. They go up tempo, but you know you have to uh, be successful in the early downs. I mean, to get into that yeah. tempo, if you're picking up one yard on a run or two yards, or you get a penalty and it's first and fifteen, it's it's harder to go tempo. So you have to kind of stay like what they say, the old cliche. You have to stay ahead of the chains uh, in order to run tempo. So yeah, they're they are effective in tempo. Uh, kind of takes some of the thinking out of the game. You know, you kind of know what you want to do and where you want to go with the ball. Um, so they're they're effective in tempo. And, you know, we'll continue to see that. I don't think we'll see any more of it than we've seen in the past or any less of it. I think they'll use it uh, when they feel like they're in the right spot on the field and when they're staying ahead of the chains. Right. I think Miles Sanders being back helps the tempo a lot because he, he's good for almost five yards per carry. I, I, I'm not really too concerned about uh, – back because I think it's going to improve with Miles Sanders being back. Yeah, I'm really excited uh, to see Miles Sanders be back. I think um, I think that maybe Doug will establish the run game now. Hopefully. Cross Hopefully. our fingers. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> you got it. I, yep. You know, it's funny. When I was your age and I was an Eagles fan, I was probably so optimistic like, it's going to be our year. It's going to be our year. And yet, here you are Sitting back saying, you know, I, I I hope we get the run going, but, you know, we know Doug. And I, I'm like, I love it, man. Such an honest analyst. Such honesty. Ed, you did a lot of predictions this week for the rest of the season for the Eagles on uh, SI. And I thoroughly enjoyed a lot of them, actually, when I was reading them. The best Thank one you. to me is going to be Travis Fulham getting 1,000 yards. I yes. love that. Yes. We'd love to see that from a wide receiver. Yeah. First time since Jeremy Macklin for the Eagles. That's a huge thing right there. I believe it's going to happen. And not only that, if he has a 1,000-yard season, I don't think we can credit that season enough. The guy wasn't planning on playing this year. He wasn't planning on being with his team this year. He was a practice squad call-up. On We're projecting him to be a 1K wide receiver. That's unheard of. We were we were hailing Greg Ward for how he played uh, when he came into the last season. That's nothing in comparison to what Travis Fulgham's doing now. Right. Hails in comparison to what Travis Fulgham's doing. Absolutely insane. Unheard of, especially from a practice squad wide receiver. That's why when I read that, I was starting jumping off the walls. I was like, I can't believe it, man. They get this guy off the practice squad. And like I just said, we, we crowned Greg Ward. When he did the same, when he came off the practice squad and looked good and re- looked reliable for Carson once, but it's nothing close to what Travis Fogel was doing. You you could not give enough credit to what he's doing. I, I we talk about it, we love him, we treat the guy like he's a new wide receiver one in Philadelphia. But 
Uh, NFL fans need to be more alert to what this guy's doing. I mean, this guy's coming off a practice squad, missed a couple games into the season, and now we're talking about a 1,000-yard rece- uh, receiver for Philadelphia who never really has those. Incredible. It's incredible. Absolutely right. (laughs) Well, I mean, you know, he had a pretty good game against Cowboys in the primetime game, right? Uh, You saw him score a touchdown, Giovanni, right? He had one against the Cowboys. That that was really cool. Yeah, I know. It was a good good route. Uh, That's the key with Fulham. He runs some really good routes, uh, you know, and he can catch, but he can get open. Uh, Even if it's just a very small window, he can get open and Carson will find him. Um, I think he'll get a thousand. I mean, the only thing that could mess that up is now you have healthy Dallas Goddard, who's going to take away, uh, you know, some of the targets. You're going to have Jalen Rager, um, and they could spread the ball out, which would make them even more effective if they can not have that reliance on one guy. Um, but it would really be sweet to see someone like Fogum, an unheralded guy, become the first 1K receiver for the Eagles in six years since Macklin did it. And Macklin had a pedigree, he was a first round pick. Um, you know, and Fulgham wasn't. So uh, it would certainly be fun and something we would talk about, you know, to the day, you know, forever uh, if he were able to do it. But even not being able to do it, I still think he's going to push, you know, 800 yards, 900 yards. I mean, he's almost got 500 in five games. I mean, that right. that's pretty, pretty productive. Um, and I don't really see it stopping too much, even with Goddard and Sanders and Rager back. Fogum will still get his opportunities, and he's really good at making catches when he's targeted. I think he was targeted seven times against Dallas, and he caught six passes. So if you give him five or six passes a game and he catches you know, four or five a game, he's still going to come close to 1,000 yards, I think. Absolutely. The crazy thing is, though, that none of us are talking about, is he's doing this, and I mind you when I say this, Carson Wentz is targeting him pretty well. He's accurate when he's targeting him, but he's still, he's doing this when his quarterback's not playing well. He's playing like one of the worst quarterbacks in the league and he's still producing at this level. That's also a testament to how good he's playing. And then Sean's question right here, which ties into one of your predictions. That's why I put it up on the screen. Do you guys think Carson is actually on the hot seat anywhere close to losing his spot? So much money tied to him. There is so much money tied to him. You have in your predictions that about Carson Wentz potentially getting benched uh, during the season, uh, just, and you cited when Doug Peterson pulled the plug on uh, Aguilar for that game to get his mind reset. Other yeah. situations as well. So uh, I wanted you to allude to that and allude to this question. Yeah, well, I mean, I listen. It depends on your definition of benching. I could see him getting benched for a series, uh, and in the course of a game, if he's not playing well, and just kind of sweep it under the carpet and say, "Well, you know, we wanted to give Jalen this, you know, a couple reps." But I could see it happening um, if if, uh, just for a series or two during a game. But, you know, if he struggles like this and he continues to throw away opportunities with the ball, I mean, you can't turn the ball over four times. You're limiting your opportunities. You're limiting your chance to score points. And I can see them getting fed up with that and going somewhere else. Now, if it would be Jalen Hurts, I don't know. I mean, you forget about Nate Sudfeld, who's been here four years now. He's got a pretty good command of the offense. I mean, Could he be much worse if Carson continues to struggle? I mean, these are questions that Doug and the front office will get involved with this. They're going to have to answer that. I mean, they can't keep letting Carson go out and struggling like he is. So if he doesn't turn this thing around, I could see uh, them sitting him down at least for a series or two in the game. And if it's really bad, then maybe even a full game. 
That's what you said last on last episode, Giovanni, right? You said you you were pretty realistic about that. You said you would put him in, you would bench him for a series and get his head right, right? Yeah, I said if if it takes a few plays, if it takes a series, it doesn't doesn't matter. Whatever gets his head in the game. I'm I'm not saying take the take him off starting QB for like the season, I don't think that that's the right way to go. Um, I think this is Carson Wentz's team until he retires, but that's just my opinion. Oh, but I mean, what you said is true. If he continues to struggle, you have to you you have to teach him a lesson. So at least you're even acknowledging that. But I agree with you. I do think he's a franchise quarterback. The money that's tied to him is not money you can get out of. Uh, if they refuse to get out of Alshon Jeffrey's dead money. They're not going to want to get out of Carson Wentz's dead money in the next two years. And I, I'm adamant in feeling that the Jalen Hurts pick is just them getting the best, most talented back quarterback that they can get for the longest period of time at the cheapest rate. And I, I fully believe this team believes in Carson Wentz. If they, if they did not, they've had grounds to pull him way before now, and they have not. So I, I agree. It's, it's always Carson Wentz's team, but – I do think if he continues to struggle, you have to have the conversation. Do we do what uh, Andy did in 08? We put Kevin Cobb and let McNabb sit a couple of series to get his head right. I had to start considering that because I think the way Carson's playing, he looks like he feels like he's untouchable. So uh, you have to get that mindset out of there and you have to get him to rein it in and control it down. So I agree with that. I think if anything, you bench him for a couple of series, you don't bench him. Throughout the season, yeah, there's no there's no better option on this team than Carson wants to win. It's just not I, I, as much as we like Jalen Hurts, as much as the fans are starting to like Jalen Hurts when we're up to him, he's not ready to be a starting quarterback in the NFL this season as a rookie. He's not. Uh, a couple of years down the road, perhaps that's what he's drafted for. But uh, right now, as a rookie, no. So I, I don't see it happening. But I would think if they do go out and bench him and say for a long period of time, it would be Nate Sudfeld. It would be a short period of time, it would be Nate Sudfeld. I I just don't think that they believe anyone on this team can give them a better chance this season than Carson once. Yeah. What's up, Jimmy? Jimmy, we love your show. We all love your show. You're doing great work over there, man. <laughs> I just hope they get an offensive coordinator. This philosophy of not having one is way too cute. Yeah, I, I think they need to get a real offensive coordinator for sure to get the rain dug in this offseason and say, hey, look, this is what worked best for you when you uh, hey man, that twenty-one personnel shout out. <laughs> you deserve it. I can do Ed, it. Ed, another one of your predictions I absolutely loved was Joan Rager reminding everybody why he was the twenty-first pick in this draft. Love it, love it. Yeah, I listen. I think I I believe in Rager. I think he's a good receiver. I mean, I I really think. I mean, look that two-yard touchdown catch he had his first career catch. That was a, that was a good play that he made. Uh, took a real jolt from the defensive back for Dallas, and he was able to hang on to the ball and get the ball across the line. So um, we saw him catch his first pass, 55 yards. I mean, we've seen good things from Jalen Rager, uh, and I think we'll see more and more uh, as he becomes a little bit more involved, uh, gets healthier even. Um, so, yeah, I really think Rager will have a, a pretty good and, and very involved second half. I mean, I could see him catching another three or four touchdown passes, um, you know, maybe 30 passes over these next eight games. Um, I could see them getting him more involved in the punt return game. You know, we talked to Dave Phipp, the special teams coordinator, early earlier this week, and he even said, you know, that's probably going to happen. They just didn't want to throw him out there 
uh, in his first game back after missing five games uh, as a punt returner. So we're going to see more of him in the special teams. I think we'll see more of him uh, with the jet sweep stuff, uh, maybe some wide receiver. I mean, they're going to get him involved and he's going to, you know, I think he's going to step up to the plate and he's going to have a good second half. Love to hear it. I know yeah. we love to hear it, right, Giovanni? We love to hear Jalen Rager all the way, baby. Yeah, I, I definitely Jaylen believe that. Rager. If he gets yeah. three to four touchdowns, uh, thirty catches over the last of the season, I I'm sold on him completely. Then it's yeah, really just a fortune. <laughs> right, the future, the future of this yeah. wide receiver yeah. course, man. Even Tory yeah. Smith said it himself. It's the future of this wide receiver course in Philadelphia. Yeah. yeah, and then the last prediction that stood out to me was. Something that we should expect, but I the way you, you detailed it was a little interesting. Is Jordan Mulata is definitely started once again. He will be a starter at left tackle once again throughout the season. Not even in a game, but at some point in games throughout the season, he's going to head into that game as a starting left tackle. Uh, but go into that for maybe somebody that hasn't read the article. Yeah, I mean, I just think I, I'm i really doubting that Jason Peters can stay healthy for eight games. I, I really do. Um and just seeing the way he played against Dallas, as much as I give him credit, he's still getting nicked and, and beat up. And, uh, you know, he's 38 years old and um, phys- physical conditioning doesn't look to be the greatest. He looks like he might get a little tired as the game goes on. So um, I make that prediction based on the fact that I don't think Peters will, will play the final eight games or, you know, at least uh, start all eight of these final games. And I think Mulata will be back in there. And, and I don't think – Peters is going to play every single snap if he does play all eight games. So, you know, Mulata's got a real good chance of still being a factor on this team. And then we still have to look at Lane Johnson. I mean, how healthy is he going to be? I mean, everybody thinks he'll be fine after, uh, you know, these two weeks off. But, you know, he's got a couple issues with the ankle and the knee, and um, we'll see how effective he is. So Mulata's not out of the picture by any stretch of the imagination here given the way this offensive line has really been bumped and bruised this year. Uh, Mulata has stayed healthy, you know, and has looked good. So I make the prediction just based on the health of the other two guys. I think Mulata will play. Uh, he'll start uh, over these next eight games at some point. If I was writing that article. The one prediction that I would add that you did not have is Brandon Books will suit up for this team when they play their first playoff game. <laughs> I hope. I hope. I well, they have to get in the playoffs. I, I, they have to get in the playoffs. I I think they will, but I do believe that when they roll out there, the starting offensive line, and I know it's it seems unorthodox to play a player that hasn't played all season long, especially in that situation. But there is no better option than Brandon Brooks on that team. I no. think that they'll be immediately convinced when he walks in that building and tells them that he's ready to go of that as well. I think he's going to be out there, and I may have had a conversation with him recently. Who, and so I might have a reason why I feel this prediction. But Maybe. I believe I believe he will be out there. I believe he will be out there for that playoff game and be starting right guard for the Philadelphia Eagles, and it will help Lane Johnson out tremendously to have sure. Brandon Brooks back out there. Well, do you think he comes back sooner, Connor? I mean, you know, do you think no, I don't know. I, 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 I don't know. See, I thought that he would at least week 16, week 17, but I think from the sound of it, the realistic goal is wild card round. Realistic goal. Eagles would take that for sure. I think they will at this point because I just, I mean, Nate Herbie looks fine. And when Sam Mollo gets back, that's great. You could put Nate Herbie at right guard, but, uh, 
he has struggled the last two games. Just throwing that out there. I yeah. thought he's struggled pretty noticeably the last two games, and I think this kid is the future of this team. I think you're asking a kid that wasn't expected to start this year to move from left guard to right guard to right guard to left guard, back and forth all the time. It's tough. Very tough for him. I think he has a future for this team, but I think when it's all said and done, you want to go in the playoffs, you want to bring your best players forward, you want to keep advancing, play for another day, you put your best player out there and you put Brandon Brooks out there. That's why I just feel like he'll be back for them. Yeah, absolutely. Siamalo and Brooks are your two best guards. I mean, if they're both healthy, that's who you're going to ride with. And yeah, and then you say to Nate Herbig, hey, man, great season. That's a great experience for you to build on and become even a bigger factor maybe next year. Dakota's asking if Brandon Brooks is in shape to be a running back. <laughs> Jordan Mulata so, wants to play running back. Jordan Mulata said the other day he wants to I play I would not back. mind them giving a goal line handoff to Jordan Mulata. You well, got your LeGarrette Blunt on the team. He's Jordan Mulata. Yeah. The, 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 refrig- the refrigerator. Give him a hand. Hopefully he can hang on to the ball. I mean, he played rugby, but it's a different shape ball that whole thing. He's even talked about thinking about playing defensive end. I mean, you know, he'd be a pretty big guy to play DN. Try to block him. He gets his hands up in your face. He's going to knock down some of the, you know, some balls at the line of scrimmage. So um, I I could see a play defensive tackle. Honestly, yeah. And I think he would be good at it. Yeah. He's, he's an athlete for six, eight, 360 pounds or whatever he weighs. And, you know, he's just a fun guy. You know, you talk to him. I don't know if you've seen his interviews um, somewhere, but he's just a fun guy. And I still want to see him get a picture with you, Giovanni. You know, yeah, I'd love to see you stand too. next to that guy. Yeah. That'd be awesome. That would I, be awesome. I, it's so funny. Listen, he, he's so laid back. He's loving life. There's there's yeah. nobody that loves doing his job more than Jordan Mulata. Yeah. And he go, walks in the building, talks to you guys. He's all smiles. And not only that, the the joke about the Brandon Graham and the fat boy things, I, I love it. I love that. That the charisma on that team, you can't beat it, man. You just yeah. can't beat it. So, guys, they're gonna beat the Giants, right? I know it was only beaten by one last time. I honestly think the Giants are a lot better than the record states. I think Patrick Graham and what they're doing on that defense this year, given the talent that they have, something special, man. They're doing something good over there. I'm not going to lie. Patrick Graham was a good hire. Not so sure about Joe Judd still, but the defense is heading in the right direction. I think the game is tougher than what we give credit for, given the matchups. Uh, I think the Eagles win. I think they handle business against the Giants per usual, but I think it, I would be surprised if they win more by three. Yeah. Um. Well, my prediction was um very – it was kind of a blowout. I, I saw uh, 14 and 28. Not bad. Not bad. Okay. We'll take it. Daniel Jones is struggling. I just, yeah. this team Daniel. needs to do, I mean, I need that win, though. I need that type of win. I need that type of win to at least get me excited that this team's coming off their bye and maybe they picked up some kind of steam. We need that type of win. I'm just at the point where I'm, it's hard to be optimistic with this team. I think they'll win, but I just don't know how much they can muster. And I do think the Giants are a better team than we give them credit for. Well, they can't have Daniel Jones running for 90 yards or whatever he had against them the last time. Uh, and and when you look at that last game, the Eagles were, were pretty lucky to win. They were down by 11 with six minutes to go, and they you know kind of caught lightning in a bottle there. And Carson Wentz had two very good touchdown drives and you know, but Evan Ingram makes that catch late in the game that goes right through his fingers. If he makes that catch, the game's probably over. So they, they had some luck on their side in that game. And 
Um, again, I, these division games to me are just never easy. I don't really care what the records are. It's just these division teams are so familiar with each other uh, that it's hard to kind of race out to a big lead and, you know, keep adding. Um, there's a lot of punching and counterpunching that goes on. So I, I think it's going to be close again. Um, the Giants lost to the Tampa Bay uh, Buccaneers by two points. They had a chance to tie it with 28 seconds to go on a two-point try, and it failed. Um, they only lost to the Eagles by a point, and then they beat Washington. They had five turnovers. They forced five turnovers uh, against the Washington football team. So like you said, Connor, that defense is playing pretty well. Um, and I might feel better if Boston Scott was going to play since he loves to play against the Giants and he'll play, but I mean, it'd be nice if he, you know, we knew he was going right. to play a lot and get a lot of touches, but, yeah. um, I'm concerned about this game. I got to be honest. I think, um, Joe judge, you know, is kind of a friend of mine. I've known him for a long time and, uh, I, I hope he does well with New York, but, uh, not against the Eagles, of course. Um, but, I think he's got this team buying what he's selling, and uh, I think they're going to be very dangerous. They're going to be at home. It's There's not going to be any fans there. Um, but still, I think it's going to be a very tough game for Philadelphia. I agree with you. I think it's not going to be easy at all. I think the win, I just think it's not going to be easy. I think the win, 21-18. Yeah, I think the win's 21-18. I'm going to do a random score. I like to do random scores. <laughs> well, with Doug Peterson loving to go for two point conversions, I mean, you get, you do get some oddball uh, scores, right? And the Giants too. I think the Giants are going to be in a position where they go for two. I, they're different. I think they try to do something different every week. I, they they're they're just playing to try to figure out what team they are. They don't care about their record. Yeah, that's a talent though. Blake Martinez and James Bradbury played off tremendously for them this year. Yeah, um, Patrick Graham obviously as well. Uh, glad he got out of Brian Flores' shadow in Miami and took over his own defense because he's doing a phenomenal job. And the defensive line is playing well. Yeah. It's it's playing well. They have a good team. It's just, it, They just don't have established core players yet, and their quarterback isn't playing well at all. But right. I do think it's going to be a close game. And if the Eagles give up a ton of rushing yards to Daniel Jones again, I'm going to break my TV. <laughs> I'm going to be so upset if he runs all over the Eagles again. That – it's inexcusable to let him do that. Inexcusable. Yeah. I know most of it came off that huge run, but that play alone was inexcusable. Yeah. And, you know, he throws a lot of interceptions, but the Eagles didn't get any against him last time. I mean, he's mm. he's typically good for one pick a game, and the Eagles didn't get that. So, again, you know, the Eagles defense really does have to kind of step up, I think, and, and put this team in position to win. I think that's this team's identity is its defense. Um, the offense is still kind of feeling its way along. So the defense has to rise to the occasion and they have to make some plays and they have to flip the field and um, kind of do what they did the last game, make the Giants pay with some of the mistakes that the two turnovers that Jones had were turned into touchdowns. So that's kind of what you have to do. You have to really de- depend on your defense to make plays, give your offense a short field, and, and you know, you hope the offense can, can uh, take advantage of that. Absolutely. And then, just to end the show real quick, because I, I get asked this a lot, and I'm ready to bring it onto the show just to see what Ed thinks. When we're talking about lack of turnover, lack of interceptions, and you brought it up, that's why the reason why I thought about it. Because I get I I've been asked probably like six times off the top of my head. Why do you, everybody always wonders why do the Eagles get a lack of interceptions? Like why do these corners not get picks? I think it's because you play off too much. You play way too far off too much that you give such cushions to these wide receivers that. 
the quarterback just takes advantage of that cushion and goes after it each time. I think that hinders what you can do interception-wise. I think if they played way more press, if they, at least just Darius Slay, they put Darius Slay way more press situations, they would have more picks. Yeah, pro- I mean, Slay doesn't have one yet. I think they only have three as a team, maybe, that I can think None of. None of the corners have one. No, the last corner to have an interception for the Eagles is City Jones, Week 16. Last year? Yeah, Week 17, sorry, yeah, against week the Giants, 17. but it was City Jones. Okay, well, that's a long stretch. Yeah, um, it is crazy, yeah, I mean, especially I, Darius Slay here. I mean, Darius Slay is supposed to be the pick. It's not even him. That's what I'm saying. I think it's really you call you you ask these guys to play so far off. At some point, they're gonna give up the kid. They're gonna give up the reception. They'll get the stop, but the reception's still gonna be there. The yards are still gonna be there. It's hard to get picks that way. Yeah, it it is, and that's another thing that's gonna have to change. I think Slay will end up. I think I it was in my predictions. I still think he'll lead this team. In interceptions, but at the low bar, I think he'll end up with two, maybe three. But, um, you know, we've seen him do it. He had eight one year. Uh, so I think he's, I think he should get at least two before the season's over. I think he needs to get two for this team to get where it wants to go. And that's into the playoffs for a fourth straight year. Absolutely. All right, guys. Thanks for tuning in again. Philly Sports with Giovanni's got a surprise this week. We're not going to announce it on the show, but he's got a surprise this week coming Ooh, his way. Surprise. Yeah, it's going to. It's going to be a good episode. I'll tell you right now. The surprise is great. And then Ed, as always, on Eagle Sports Illustrated, Mavin Page. Check it out with him and John McMullen are crushing it as usual. And Ed always appears on the show, so catch us here during this week. And then we have to put on Giovanni's mother's comment of the great show, guys, because she always makes sure to give us the appreciation of what we do. So thank you, (laughs) Shannon. Greatly appreciate it. Thanks for all you guys tuning in. We'll be back. We'll see you soon. Unexpected trouble? CashNet USA can take the stress out of borrowing emergency funds. Our fast, secure application process makes it easy to apply online 24-7. Plus, CashNet USA offers same-day funding if approved before 10.30 a.m. Central Time, Monday through Friday. Additional terms may apply. Visit CashNetUSA.com or tap the banner to apply today. Without the ones like you, who work tirelessly to keep things running, everything would suddenly stop. Hospitals, factories, schools, and power plants, they all depend on you. No matter the weather, emergency, or time of day, you're the ones who get it done. At Granger, we're here for you, with professional-grade industrial supplies. Count on real-time product availability and fast delivery. Call, clickgranger.com or just stop by. Granger for the ones who get it done.